G'day punters, welcome to the Deep Dive. I'm taking the reins this week because Jack Dickens wants to come off the long reign with a few sprays. Who's he going to spray? He might spray me, you never know. Uh, there's every chance, I'd think, after the weekend that was. We're here in lockdown, we're in stage four punters, but we'll start in Sydney because I think for the most part that was probably the most entertaining piece of non-betting narrative for the weekend and in particular David Payne. We'll get into a little bit of detail with what he did, but Rob Scurry, we'll start with yourself. How are you today? I'm good, mate. And it was, it was good to be on the track there on Saturday. I was back in GA, uh, general admission, and uh, more of a relaxed vibe, um, unlike you poor buggers down in Melbourne. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Jack Dickens, yourself, you've been on the double header with Mooney Valley and then Sandown. How are you breathing today? Um... I feel like I was uh, really hit hard in the snuff on Saturday at Mooney Valley. I was shitty with myself like, when I when I finished, but then I've reviewed it. I should have won big. I dogged a race I should have been into. And then to pull myself out of a bit of a red wine coma on Sunday and find that good horse at 15 bucks, which pissed in yesterday, and I was back. I was up and about. Good winning set for both of our my, my subscribers. And then to fucking hear that press conference, it is just a roller coaster of emotion in this state. It's hard, and Rob's going to have to just keep amping up those deliveries because I'm getting like we got through three bottles last night, and M's doesn't drink much. It's there's not much else to do. Like it's just it's depressing. It really is. It's shit. But there's a lot of people doing worse. All that. Yeah. <laughs> Curls, we'll go to you. How's Queensland looking at the moment? Less depressing. Um, <laughs> our tracks are racing well. We can go to the races. Um, the sun's out. The depths of winter, I think, are behind us. Um, so no complaints up north here. It's warmed up, has it? <laughs> yeah, we've, um, we went through a, a really cold patch there. We had three days at about 15, 16 degrees, and now we're back to you know, 22, 24. So much much more like the Queensland winter that we know of. That's how good Victoria's going. Everyone was up and about on Saturday because it got to 17. Beautiful day. Cracking day. Okay, let's get in. So we'll start with the speed police. We'll talk about the stewards for a little bit because what would an episode of the deep dive be without talking about the stewards and what they do or do not do. Um, we had an incident with Perth over the weekend where the stewards came out and said a couple of jockeys were reprimanded for going too slow in a race. If we have a look at the punting form data, we're talking about race six. They've gone 8.1 lengths slow to the 600. Meanwhile, Dicko, off the top of your head, what did the apprentices get reprimanded for going in Melbourne the other week? Uh... They went 16 above, I reckon, off, my, off the top of my head. There was a <laughs> a three-week inquiry was concluded and the two apprentices were severely reprimanded for going too fast. And then to top things off, Rob, in race six at Randwick on Saturday in the race won by Kiss the Bride, they've gone 19.7 lengths fast to the 600. So... I guess what we're saying is that the general inconsistencies between states, between building statues and reprimanding jockeys for going too slow or too fast, and then not being able to produce any level of data on the day and still opening and closing inquiries as a result is borderline laughable. Um, 
do we have to say anything more outside of how many opportunities and how many examples could we find of horses going too fast or too slow in races and there being nothing in a stewards report like is the case there on Saturday? Uh, Rob, I don't know if it seemed to you like race six was going absolutely helter-skelter, but I guess certainly looking from afar, Kiss the Bride was pretty strong going through the line, but it was a bit of a, a farcically run race. Yeah, look, um, Monsters to Sue, I w- wouldn't think it's capable of going that fast. And I don't think any horse would be capable of going that fast on a Ramwick track, which they said was a nine. But um, I reckon it was like 10, Payne. 11. Yeah, well, exactly. That, that's amazing. Rules, rules on the run here. Um, scratching, because, fill me in, boys. So the stewards allowed the late scratching because the trainer didn't either didn't trust what the actual track rating was on the day. He thought it was behaving and playing a bit worse than a heavy nine, which I'm that's not sure. I'm saying. Is that better or worse than actually just saying, well, I don't like the way the track's playing, I want to scratch my horse? Not trusting the actual official rating? I'm not sure. Um, either way, it sets a pretty interesting precedent for what's going to happen later this spring, potentially. Oh, it's grouse. It's just grouse. It's, it's utter chaos. They've opened up a real can of worms here. And, and look, just before we get off the speed topic, I'm a huge, and I have been for such a long time, big Cathy man. Probably the first first jockey I really love watching ride. Uh, I love her. And I just want to warn Cath, if you come to Victoria and ride like that, you might get locked up. They've gone... <laughs> she's gone 19.7 fast to the 600 here. The boys, the boys went 16.7 three weeks ago and there was a three week inquiry and a severe reprimand. Kathy might get locked up if she comes in here and rides that fast. <laughs> Serious. Don't do it, Kat. Stay up there. I have a, I have a question about that uh, race where there was that late scratching. Um, I, I'm just going to read, just quickly read the, the tweet from the stewards about this horse um, of David Payne's Montefilia. Uh, they've accept, acceded to a request from David Payne due to due to the manner in, in which the track is racing, that it was a late scratching. There was a fair few retweets and a bit of um, a bit of a Yarn. response on, on the tweet. So then the stewards were compelled to follow up with another tweet saying, for clarification, the request from D. Payne was made on the basis he believed the track to be racing worse than a heavy night, and he was of the view that the filly would not be competitive and therefore they approved. Was there anything on? Was there any chatter on on uh, track or anything else about the the state of the track? I, I did hear a couple of mentions on on telly about the stu- the jockeys were saying it's definitely racing heavier than a nine. Was that something that was? Yeah, I, I, I think. Why didn't, they, why didn't they ask the jockeys and downgrade it to a ten and just play on? Man, it, it, it looked like every bit like a ten when those highway horses went past the finish line. Um, I looked like I could run faster faster than some of them it was yeah really heavy we got this on on speed early um sort of pattern um and yeah that that, that thing in the fanciful dream race just louise day i think she's a bit of a talking point out of the day she's 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 wrote a couple of couple of winners um we've also got tom sherry getting his first um win on um full mina um so yeah you know apprentices wet tracks um, on pace bias, pretty shit meeting at Ramwick. I think it opens a huge can of worms, though. Like the, the first tweet's probably the truth, and then he's scratched because it's biased. The track's biased. Then they've changed the wording to avoid the backlash. Mm. 
that's my read on that on those, yeah. their communication. Like, what does that mean moving forward? They could like have a, like a, a proper da- damaging effect on turnover because well, why would you bet before you know they're racing? Look, I tell you what. One thing that will come out of it is that Mark Van Gestel wasn't the, wasn't the chief steward on Saturday, and Wade Birch was filling in for him. I don't think that'll be happening again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get back to policing jokes, Wade. Come on, that's that's your priority. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well, yeah. it's rules on the run, isn't it? It's just a bit like the eighteen-year-old. You know, Pete says, oh, "We'll have a look at that." Yeah, he should be able to play rugby league. Sweet, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can scratch your horse on the, you know, don't you downgrade the track? What, what's going on? Um, Look, at least you can go and watch them, though, right? Life's not that bad. Oh man, yeah, yeah it was much better this week. It seemed to be less security guards or something. It was <laughs> just good vibe on on course. Bjorn Baker was there screaming his horse home in the last um, empty betting, pretty empty, but that's why it seemed so loud. It was pretty funny. All right. Well, look, the podium in terms of performances of the day, no surprise, Kiss the Bride off that brutal tempo was number one. Monsieur Sisu was two. And then not faint-hearted uh, in the first race was the third best performance on the day, according to the puntingform.com.au figures. But, Rob, uh, is there any races that you thought took your eye more than any others? Uh, n- n- not really. I thought it was a pretty straight up and down kind of winter meet with not much good on display on um i guess the other meet or the other race we should touch on is also the the biggest betting race on the card was race three which is man of pace defeating cordia there was only uh, six runners in that event but um i guess man of pace did get a few things in its favor yeah well yeah and it's, it's in top form at the moment um but Cordius was meant to be the good thing of the day and sort of never looked likely um it, it can't parade any better uh, you make me smile was you know a horse that um, you know Kath often gets the best best out of him and she was on Cordia which was kind of funny um, but yeah look, there's, there's nothing much really to follow here um, you make me smile will probably parade well again and I'll get sucked into it again um, play on anything any races you boys want to talk about I don't want to talk about Super. fanciful dream I'll put it that way. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that that happened. <laughs> okay, let's jump across to Queensland. Curly Eagle Farm race two. Sir Barnabas was the best performance on the card, four point eight above the all average benchmark. Uh, you also marked this particularly short on your rated prices. Just take us through that race, will you? <laughs> I thought <sighs> I thought I'd throw them a run there because this is a this is exactly like the Polly Gray Mahatmadeus race for me. Uh, uh, Completely uh, grade ourselves up, haven't we? <laughs> this is like. <laughs> Two two hopes in this race. Um, in my preview and the sheets that sent out, I had marked this horse short. The money for the Waller Runner was um, it was very strong. Um, look, Sir Barnabas is one that I marked that was made that, that beat the bias at Ipswich. Um, honest horse, yeah, blah blah blah. Two hopes, and then the money was relentless for the Waller Runner. And this um, Sir Barnabas got out a little bit, and it's still. I think it traded shorter on the fair than what it did on the fixed, which is, um, you know, it, it should have triggered a bet late for me. But anyway, it was too late by the by the, by the time I sort of had to make the call, so I, I let it go. And I spoke in a video, I think, with 
I did a, a Betfair video not long ago and I spoke about not getting grayed up if a horse wins that you're not on. Yeah, well, I broke my own rule here. Um, yeah, I, I saw your prices in the morning and I, for whatever reason, this race stood out to me when I went through them. So yep. then when I when I, I wasn't watching, I saw it one. I thought, oh, Phil, went to check and <laughs> I didn't want to ask you because I, I know what that's like. I don't want to be like, hang on, mate, I've, just, I've actually just dealt with that mentally. Please don't bring it back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, that's just the, that's part of the great game, you know, and wagering's more, as important like we spoke about this hundred times. You, you can find the winner, but having the right bet. And Anyway, yeah, it was a good effort. It ran right up to expectation and, um, you know, another good ride from Orman who got going and, and put him away early and was strong through the line. So good luck to him. The money for the Waller runner was pretty relentless, um, traded short on the fixed um, and just no match. Hopefully, someone got value out of the sheets. Anyway, um, there was a few. There was another horse in the last race too, which I marked shorter, and um, you know I should have had a, just something small on it. Disillusion one at twenty seven dollars or something. I, I think I had the first two shorter in the market, and they've run the Cornella just to really grow me up. Well, the biggest betting race on the card was race seven, won by Socialising. There's four hundred seventy thousand matched on that. Uh, there was something there for you though. That's a horse with a real place in our hearts. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that horse. Um, there was a bit of chatter around about this horse being a potential lay on, on the day. And um, after we'd bet, I think we took 3.20 at 9 o'clock. Um, from Green, that, that, wasn't that from Greenpeace? Greenpeace? The Recycler? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> leaving it. Um, yeah, anyway, look... <laughs> Got, got, <laughs> um, I keep bashing on about it. Good horses, you know. Good horses with good jockeys. Um, you know, I'd rather I'd rather be on a horse that carries the weight than with a jockey that then doesn't carry, then gets three kilos off with a rider. Um, this thing looked the winner a long way out and just needed clear air. And Maloney was, you know, delivered. Um, Horse to follow probably out of that race is that we had a very small chop out on the horse was Musical Genius who led from the wide gate and, and ran really well, just got beat by a better one on the day. But um, uh, it can, it's one that can win in this grade again. Um, she stays in this grade. But, yeah, look, it was all, all in all, it was good. Though. I thought the track played really well. Everything was given its chance, probably on the firmer side. But, um, look, I thought all in all it was um, not just because we won, but, you know, most, most horses got their chance on the day and, I think that's got something to do with the weather and drawing surface. And had a little instance, a little instance incident up here on Saturday with uh, Racing Queensland recently signing a ten-year deal with Sky Channel to provide coverage of Queensland racing. Um, first day of the new season, no post-race coverage for Brisbane races, and the first was at eleven twenty-five, and no post-race of jockeys and trainers. You know the usual pat in the back. Oh, he went super. Um, <laughs> We cut to it. We cut to a Harvey Norman ad and a um, and a pre and a pre meeting preview from uh, Kicker Tinnerlong in Western New South Wales. <laughs> what about uh, what about also dot com's been advertising Queensland racing? Now they didn't get it. The poor bastards. They've done all the grill work with like that hot bird. She just said, "Nah, friend zoned. <laughs> See you later." <laughs> Going back to the big boy. But we did get reminded that the Queensland, so Queensland participants, the, even the members, even board members of of the of the uh, Metropolitan Racing Club in Brisbane, were being very vocal in during the um, negotiation stage of this of this new deal, and they signed a ten year deal, and day one is 
<laughs> we're off the Kemba. <laughs> it's a great game. I've never seen so, so much disconnect between, like, you know, it's what the, it's what punters and participants are looking for, and you know, to help drive well, interest hey, to girls, sport. Girls, it's maybe if, disconnected. If uh, if dot com brushes the mailbag as a sponsor, we can look at Sky and get you some grass, you know, down yard coverage up there. I'm not sure whether I'm commercially viable. Um, with None of us are. That's our. <laughs> That's a bit too, much, bit too much positivity from you, curls. Surely. No. Look, I, I even, um, I even was complimentary to a jockey and trainer yesterday <laughs> on Twitter. Um, unlike me, life is sweet up there, Curly. Speaking of good jockeys, is there anyone riding better than Larry Cassidy at the moment? I seem to be finding him a bit in my sick in-run kind of betting that I do. Yes, um, I had, I have Larry's stats up here. Um, I didn't even know you were going to ask. I was going to mention Larry, who's ridden ten winners from his last fifty. Notice, too, with Larry, he's been sort of venturing for one or two rides here and there during the week and getting the cash, so um, he's been a bit selective. He's riding a lot better than what he's tweeting. Some of his dad jokes that he tweets, um, he always tweets on his way to the races. There's some shocking dad jokes on there, but, um, you know, he's, uh, he's going well, Larry. Um, he's obviously recovered from getting headbutted from Luke Tarrant that day. We talked about Luke Tarrant headbutting when... And uh, he's right. He's right. Didn't he get off that or something? Oh, I think he's on a stay, but I don't know. Like, who knows? Like, it's <laughs> who, who knows? No, like, who knows? How good's <laughs> racing, eh? Yeah. Like, you know, let the, let the kids ride, and you know, it's good fun. Um, no, going, he's going well. He's right on a skate to Paris. Was uh, mm. it was a, it was another good ride, and yeah, he's in great form, Larry. No doubt. Yeah, Curly, I had a great question on Twitter about race six at Toowoomba. It sounds to me, it looks to me, it reads to me like it's one of the hottest goes of the weekend in Australia, which in horse racing is a huge call. And for it to be a hot go out there in Toowoomba and you not to be on, <laughs> going on, are you sweet? Oh. <laughs> oh. Hang on a second. Where are you, Curly? I'm trying not to twitch here. Just hang on one sec. Friend of the show, um, Drollsy, at Eagle Drolls on Twitter. It's <laughs> for you, brother. Um, this is the Rort meter was fucking off tap here on this race. Um, my subscribers backed what I thought was the best horse in the race. Um, we're on Belita. Took, uh, took the sweet odds of 350 and it SP'd 420. Because the money was relentless for I'm 24-7. Trained by? Kevin Kemp. Uh, Kempy. Kempy. Oh, worker. Yeah, oh, Kempy. Now, you'll have to – the punters will have to excuse why we weren't on it. Um, it did get beat 4.6 on debut at uh, Ipswich <laughs> over 800, went for a spell, come back. Over 800? Was that over 800? That was an Ipswich, yeah. So, yeah, you can put a forgive next to that. Uh, went for a spell, come back nine, <laughs> seven days later, and ran 13th of 14 at the sunny coast, beaten 7.1 lengths. Um, was was for, was you know pretty good in clocking the 14th fastest last furlong of the race. <laughs> and um, it got home at about 10 point, 10.8 lengths slower than average. Um, so I couldn't find it. <laughs> Someone could. <laughs> the leaders, the leaders sort of led, half held the fence, and 
you know, some Drongo sat three quarters of a length in front of it because it's Queensland and it's Toowoomba on a Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> we've kicked clear. Um, and we've kicked clear. Oh, oh, the, the money horse was on 24-7, who was three deep. Uh, and was dropping off on the corner. So I've started sort of protruding the chest and started walking towards the screen doing these ones. Um, and I am 24-7, got its second wind. Um, not only did it go past Belita, it gave it a big hip and shoulder at the 50 on its way past and said, catch you later. Um, and it was huge. It was a good win. Um a hashtag they knew. Uh, I'm not sure whether Giles is onto it, but um, I'm not sure who sent the message on Twitter or who, who tweeted. But thanks for that. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> the other horse in the race that was well support, that was an interesting move, was Cobang, who start, who was uh, $1.95 uh, even money all morning. Uh, SP 380 on the fair. Uh, this was a legit. This was a legit one banger. Uh, I'm just fucking sick that I wasn't involved somewhere along the line. <laughs> Can't believe it. Wowee. Oh. I've said it before. I've said it the whole time we've had him on. Uh, he's part of the family now, and if you, you dream of betting north of Byron Bay, yeah. you must have your hand held and the man to hold it is Curly. There's just too much, <laughs> too much going on. You need a man to guide you. need someone to guide you, and your man's going to be Curly. I, yeah. I nearly, uh, look, I've completely, it's completely rolled me up this Toowoomba meeting. I've had, I've ran, th- I've had three good bets for three seconds, at you know ten dollars. The last one was even money, run second of course, and like I probably, I probably should should have known better and, and probably chopped this out for sanity for myself and subscribers. But I, I just, I couldn't bring myself to taking you know six dollars at the death. When you put out 11s, yeah. And, and the okay. horse should not, should not have started single figures. It even mapped poorly, but it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll quickly touch on the uh, the biggest betting uh, horses or biggest bet horses, pre-play and in-play over the weekend. Pre-play, there was three at Mooney Valley. Um, Brooklyn Hustle was the only one that won. Uh, Wilmot Parson... Peggy, Peggy, what is it? Peggy Peggo? Celine. Yeah, Peggy Celine, Pistol. Um, they've all traded between 350 and 400,000 pre race. Blue Zebra up there at Eagle Farm, well, that lost. That was obviously reasonably short. And then it ran with Cordia. We touched on that, Rob. That was the highest matched horse pre play over the weekend. In play, there was one at Belmont, not to be missed, which lost. Uh, Pike tried to ride that a little bit more aggressive and did not work. Sovereign. Sovereign Award. Sovereign Award, race five at uh, Mooney Valley, which I probably should have mentioned. is probably one of the rides of the, the month. Ollie just mothered. like He just got those big fossilised athletic pythons <laughs> out and just said, slow down. You're not going any quicker than this. Like, just trust me and they'll get you over the line. And he did. Uh, I think maybe the... I don't. I don't want to sound. This is not a sexist thing. I think in the last race, oh, when we got snoofed on the line, and and just while, I'm sorry to distract it, like from what we're talking about, but imagine if Terry Bailey called proper rogue winning the last, like Matt Hill did, to completely fuck me mentally. <laughs> Twitter would have melted down if Terry Bailey did that. It's just none of them talked about that Matt Hill called the wrong horse winning, but I think that D Lane who's an elite rider and has been sitting in his room, hopefully, for 14 days, just doing push-ups and sit-ups, playing the PlayStation, just relaxing, fresh, 
strong pythons, hydrated, versus Jamie Carr, who's been riding for months and months and months. I, I have concerns for the Victorian riders who are like living like you and me, Pete, and it's going to be wearing out. D-Lane's freshness on the line, I think, made the difference versus Jay Carr, race nine. He's ridden in all, a lot of races on the day, rode a lot of them really well. I think the like, sort of floppy arms there at the death cost us bad. We'll finish off with the horses matched in play. Sovereign Award, Brooklyn Hustle, Territory Titan at Morfittville, so, uh, uh, same as Brimavi, the hero. Uh, they were the biggest matched horses in play, so something for uh, those standing on ladders around the country. Um, Dicko, we'll move to the Valley. Um, the best performances yeah, we'll... were all in race seven, which is Muhammad Ayas, uh, which uh, returned 14.1 on the all-average benchmark from Polly Gray and Tabby Run. Now, you made a side bet with The Wish on the previous show regarding fishing. Oh, it's going to be so good. And... I'll try and get a GoPro or something. BZ said I should get a GoPro. Yeah, but, um... mate, you didn't bet. Oh, fuck. <laughs> As I said to you, Peter, before the race day started, <laughs> I thought that uh, Victoria Star in race one was severe unders, and I wanted to lay it, and I didn't, and that started off a sickening uh, mental health battle for me through the day. I almost backed Agile, but I didn't. Then I almost backed Hard Landing, but I didn't. Then I bet really good in race three and didn't win, and I should have. Uh, I laid Brooklyn Hustle small. Blessed in runs, so he's parted. Would have won whatever he did. <laughs> wrong, I was wrong. I almost backed Sovereign Award, but I didn't. So I was mentally in a, in a dark place. So when I thought about pulling the, the trigger on Mahatma Deus and Polly Gray in a Dutch bet, taking, you know, pretty skinny odds, curly style. I'm not bred up in the northern part of Australia. I'm not used to those sort of odds. I don't operate as well as curly does at that, in that area. I let it go despite sort of articulating 15 times in about three different ways that that was the way the race would be run and won. I, I was fucking mad on that myself. And then I bet good in the last race, I thought proper, I thought of, what's it traded? A dollar six, a dollar one in run? Uh, extremely short. Like if it, if, if, if proper rogue wins, it's a, it's a very good winning set from the Valley. If I pull the trigger in race seven, it's a, Really strong set, and if um, Jamie Carr does the right thing by us in race three, it's a huge set. So I think I saw him all right, just made a couple of poor decisions and got snooked it a couple of times. That's that's punning, though, isn't it? Yeah, and further to the to the non-sexist comments about Jay Carr and just all riders in Victoria, I do think there is, might be a proper edge over the next sort of three or four weeks, maybe two weeks with D Lane. It's just going to be fresher than him, and he's a lot better than most of them. I think it might be an edge with D-Lane over the next two weeks. All right. Well, he's very good. Um, do you want to make a comment on Moss and Dale in race seven? We will sort of touch Great on ride. It. Great ride. Gave it every possible. Good on him. Um, good luck with the stewards, mate. We'll keep pushing for the stewards to get a, um, a punting form subscription so they can clock some actual like data and understand what happens. Um the stewards will probably give an award to the rider who saw that coming, who clocked the slowest time of the day to the 600, 11.6 below the all-average benchmark. So I don't know who rode that. I'll quickly get that up. But well done to you. The stewards will be in touch. D-Lane. <laughs> He's fine. He's everywhere, D-Lane. Oh. Uh, I thought the, the Tabby Run ride 
which I know a lot of people will have different opinions, but to, to take off how he did, I thought it was the perfect ride. Because Polly Gray and the others, if they're close to you, they're going to beat you. His edge was just to be away from him and make him do a stack of work to get close enough, which he almost did. I thought that ride was great by Stockdale. He's a very, very promising young rider. What else do you want me to say? Not, not too much. I wanted you to, you know, maybe call someone a nonny or something like that, but, you know, just, you do you. I think number 11 in race three, CRS, the J Car Road, should have won. We backed it. So there's, like, FYI, I backed it. She, this horse has good speed. This horse... It's gone, like, 1.3 faster than 600 on debut on a heavy... She's gone 5.2 slow here to the six. She's four back the fence buried. It's flashed home and missed. It should have won. Awful, awful riding. Um, I thought her ride on Wilmot Pass and Dwayne Dunn's ride on Brooklyn Hustle were both not sweet. Like if, if the seas don't part for Brooklyn Hustle, that's a, an absolute travesty. Mm. If you're riding back either of those horses, but if I'm taking like the shorts about good horses, especially Brooklyn Hustle, just, just peel out, Dwayne. And, and Dwayne also sat four and five wide on Rolling Moss, which we backed. <laughs> but, like, just roll to the front, mate. I, I, I thought the, the narrative around the, the questioning of, like, the sort of non-betting narcs on Twitter sort of piling the Jay Carr's ride on Wilmot Pass, but, like, clapping Dwayne Dunn's ride on Brooklyn Hustle, they were identical. They rode for complete and utter luck. Dwayne was blessed that the seas parted and Jay Carr wasn't. Did you want to take anything out of Sandown yesterday? Well, I never thought I'd say this, but God bless D Moore. What a fucking ride on Dirty Thoughts. With <laughs> Pete, funny story, boys. Pete doubled his bet on Dirty Thoughts. Movers bet at 15 because he, Dirty Thoughts, he thought Jay Carl was riding. <laughs> he doubled up. Yeah. <laughs> you sick little puppy. Uh, great ride, D Moore. Uh, Ellison's are flying. Shandy, Shandy was a big winner. And one of the horses to follow for the week from Bendigo. Um, I, I, yeah, that was a big win at Bendigo on Wednesday. Dirty thoughts killed him. Uh, I should have backed the winner of the last race, but dogged it because I was scared of Ollie on um, Somerset Northam or something. Anyway. Bit of um, what, what about the carry-on on tweet about that horse that jumps over the sticks, um, Lee Horner? Oh, bit, yeah, good. Bit I forgot about that. Well, I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? I, went, I don't profess to know anything about hurdle races or sticky, jumpy things with um, horse racing. But um, this looks slow, that horse, to me. Like, I know it settled out the back. But well, um, I, I, seen, I seen him hit it with the stick at the 800 when it was probably, you know, 15 to 20 off them. I don't know. Remember, um, remember, um, like in the in the first bulldozer, we ended up back in Lee Horner like every race, and he rides everything real cold like he's on wings. Like, yeah. I, I don't really care for jumps, so I'm not that interested. But yeah. I, I do like if Walshie says something about the jumps, I'd take that as sort of gospel. So apparently, if he rode like that in the flats, he'd be in a lot of trouble. All right, I'm, I'm going to quickly talk about Belmont for a second, so just indulge me for a moment. Um, race two, Clairvoyance, <laughs> in its second start, has produced the figure of the day, which is outstanding. 
Um, the horse has a really nice action. Rob, I would like you to go have a look at it at some point. Okay. Um, I think you'd probably appreciate the, the style of horse that it is. Um, anyway, it's off to a, a crack and start in its career. It's one of the horses that's involved at DMAX Stable, which is where I've got all my horses. So oh, yeah, I know, I know yeah. the one that, yeah, in, in the old... Uh... Kingston Town type colours. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, that horse has produced a big figure in in a spring where Bob Peters has taken a lot of his weapons out of the roost. Might be able to how, produce. How? How? Why aren't we on that? Actually, like, wasn't there a dollar sixty? Wasn't it up against a dollar sixty favourite and it just destroyed it? Yeah. How yeah. they? How they hidden this? Uh, completely pulled its pants down, uh, and that's an in joke for me and anyone else who actually watched the race because the runner up was called Pants Down. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Explaining See, uh, Ali, works Ali well. Yeah, Ali Oop from Rob. I Ali Oop to <laughs> myself as well. Um, <laughs> Draft and Lord Help Me Run were second and third on the podium. Look, the day was pretty pretty even for the most part. Um, the track was verde drained before the meeting, which is always a little bit scary. But I actually think the track played pretty well as a result. Um, we've already t- spoken about the the stewards identifying that one race. So I just want to touch on the fact that. It seems that stewards only pick up on slowly run races where the field's compact and it looks like something almost falls or gets trodden on. And that was the case in this race, race six, which was won by lucky Linda Lulu. I'd kind of like stewards to just keep an eye on the fact that slowly run races are slowly run races, but I'm not sure we're going to get that luxury anytime soon. Um, Horses to follow out of the meeting, I probably wouldn't uh, go that far. Um, (laughs) I've got one. I've got one out of um, uh, Randwick. Uh, in the last Julian Rock, um, I really wanted to find this with Tom Sherry on board. Um, I think it's a bit of a wet tracker, and it just looked um, underdone. So, yeah, I, I think maybe even the Kosciuszko, Curly, if you go to Syndicate together, get your tickets. Maybe we could get Julian Rock for the Kosciuszko. Exciting. Get involved. I'd rather donate it to charity. <laughs> That's Horse that. to follow for you, Curly. <laughs> um, horse to follow... Um, I'm 24 um, 7. In any group one going forward, <laughs> no, I shouldn't be like that. Look, you shouldn't, I shouldn't be like that. The, the horse, uh, I should say that uh, it's a bit late now, but um, there was a gear change, it had a tongue tie on, so I'm assuming it just choked <laughs> first up. Uh, didn't make the stewards report either. Um, sure, so I, I couldn't find anything there, like, yeah, anyway. Um, Horse to follow, yeah, that horse at Eagle Farm that I, I mentioned earlier, uh, um, what, what was it called? Yeah, but people can go back and watch it again. Genius. He's, musical genius is a horse that um, will, will win same grade All right. uh, next up. Dickens, for yourself, horse to follow. Uh, firstly, uh, the inaugural... Like, New season of racing, and as we talked about, Pistol, the award for slowest leader to the 600, there'll be a little... You know how you, when you go to the races, I don't know if they have them in other states, but in, in Vic, they have little gnomes, like, they have gnomes and they paint the silks or whatever one. Yeah. So, Lockie Nindorf is the, the first ever winner for the slowest tempo to the 600. He set that in race two on There's a Bear in there. Uh, well done, Lockie. The stewards will be... Loving your work. Um, well done. You're in the. You're on. You're the first ever winner. Horse to follow. I think. Um, I reckon the Hayes camp's got a few horses about to explode without the old man there. Be interesting if they. Um, I think surely they look to sort of use the best riders now, like the the Ollies and the D Lanes of this world. Be fascinating to see what they do. But I think um, 
five kingdoms was enormous. We'll be winning. I think where Drew went good in the same race, the Noblet, who's a really patient trainer, um, as we found out there at Bendigo when the horse was second up was um, Ginger Jones. That wasn't ready. He told me it was. It wasn't. Um, but there's two. Think where Drew and Five Kingdoms will follow both of them out of race eight. Don't we have bad blood with Five Kingdoms? We have found it a few times, Rob. Yes, and it hasn't won, but it's had a, a wind op, I think. And uh, I thought it was very, very good on Saturday when it wasn't suited. Oh, I, it's I basically just like, a troll. Yeah, I'm not knocking, knocking you, mate. You know, I'm as loyal as anyone to horses I like that don't win. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. All right, so Lockie Nindorf goes in. He's got his first ever gnome at the Valley on the way in um, next to all those big advertising signs. Anything else, boys, before we finish? Week ahead, Curly. You're probably the one that has the craziest schedule of all of us. Um, yeah, there's Warwick Monday, which is, should be a non-tab meeting that should have been ran Saturday afternoon. Um Royal Gatton, Thursday afternoon, Sunshine Coast Wednesday, Ipswich Friday. I've got Gold Coast, Doombin, Toowoomba Saturday and Sunshine Coast Sunday. <laughs> and you'll be covering all of them, I'm sure. I'll be betting at Sunshine Coast Wednesday, Gatton Thursday, Ipswich Friday, race-by-race race coverage from the Gold Coast on Saturday, Doombin. Oh, sorry, but big news. What's we'll be betting on Wednesday at Cranbourne and Flemington Saturday. Now, punters, everyone out there, get on Twitter and support this. I have made an inquiry. I have asked about sponsoring the mounting yard for the mailbag.com.au to get you and me actual vision of the ponies before they race. Um, keep the noise up. Keep the pressure on. Hopefully they don't come back with a ridiculous price, but it could be the mailbag with Saini. Bit of a you know theme there. I used to be in the building industry. Now I'm a punter. Mailbag and construction, Saini. Why are diggers and tractors <laughs> advertising with horses training? I don't know, but we'll, we want to be with them. We've asked, we've inquired. Um, hope to hear back today. Either that or you can get Tony Carbone maybe to sponsor them. Oh. Don't settle for less than showing horses, punters. We're probably going to need Tony at some point. <laughs> <laughs>